This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 153-inch. On this episode, it's the second part of our interview with ludicrous Lori McMillan of the Dr. Demento Show, who is not only a fan and friend of Weird Al, she used to date him. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Welcome, friends, to episode 153-inch, and we are so glad that you could join us. And we were really excited to see all of the great discussion and feedback about the episode 152-inch, where we played the first part of our interview with the fantastic Ludacris Laurie. And it was great to see all the wonderful discussion about the book Songs in the Rough, which contains Weird Al's handwritten draft lyrics to My Bologna. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of our listeners were not familiar with that book. I can guarantee that the eBay listings have gone up in the last week. (laughs) (laughs) It is a really cool book. It's worth picking up if you haven't picked it up already. I agree 100%. Now, this is great. So our friend and listener, Eddie Schmidt, pointed out another connection to the book's author, Stephen Bishop. Eddie points out that both Weird Al and Steven were panelists on the same episode of Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher that aired way back on May 26, 1997. Now, also on the panel was singer Michelle Ndege Ocello, as well as Gibby Haynes of The Butthole Surfers. Ethan, I do not think we can say butthole on the podcast. Well, sheesh, Dave. We just both did. Ooh, very edgy. I like that. Well, on that note, let's move on to what's happening in Weird Al-related news. Weird Al makes an appearance on our friend Dan Pasternak's new comedy Grammy Award special on Sirius XM. The special is part of his obsessive comedy disorder series of interviews and specials. This one is called The Continuing History of the Comedy Grammy Award. The special premiered over the weekend on Sirius XM channel number 94, Comedy Greats. And if you missed it, those with the Sirius XM app can listen to it right now on demand. Oh, and by right now, we mean after you're done listening to episode 153-inch of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Of course. Of course. And in the Obsessive Comedy Disorder special, Dan traces the history of the Best Comedy Album Grammy Award and its many, many permutations. In addition to Weird Al, expect to hear interviews with Jim Gaffigan, Sarah Silverman, D.L. Hughley, Fred Armisen, Kelly Carlin, Lavelle Crawford, Louis Black, and Tiffany Haddish. And last week, the incredible Eric Idle shared an American Greetings birthday smash-up video that Weird Al sent to him. At the beginning of the video, Al just says Eric's first name. But when he sings Happy Birthday, he says the full Eric Idle. It is very cool and another data point for our search for answers. So if anyone out there knows of any other celebrity-specific smash-up videos or has any other information, please let us know. Whoa! It appears we have a message on the 347 Spatula Hotline. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Well, this is really odd. We usually do not go to voicemail in the middle of what's happening Weird Al-related news. Yeah, that is a bit strange. But hearing unheard, I bet the voicemail closely relates to the news item that we just got done discussing. 
Well, I guess we'll see. All right, intern Frank, cue up that glorious voicemail. Hey, Dave and Ethan, this is Allison Parsons. I'm just calling to tell you that whenever that birthday card thing first came out, like when it first came out, I got that list of the celebrity names instead of the list of the normal names. And so I clicked on Pee Wee Herman because I love him. And I think some sort of mistake was made because whenever Weird Al started his greeting, he said, hey, Paul, Al here. And I was like, now that ain't Paul. Now tell me who's this Paul. And then he continued, and when he sang his name, he said Paul Rubens. I don't know who this Paul Rubens guy is. I clicked on Pee Wee. So I don't know what happened there, but I don't see it in the normal list anymore. So I don't know. Maybe they threw it out because they screwed up Pee Wee's name somehow. I don't know. Well, Allison, thank you so much for the phone call and adding yet another data point in our search for answers. Now, I can't believe that Al would mix up Paul Rubens and Pee Wee Herman. What a huge mistake. Yeah, that's almost as ridiculous as mixing up WWE wrestler The Rock and the movie actor Dwayne Johnson. Well, I guess we're just going to have to wait for his birthday to see if Al made a similar mistake. Well, this past Sunday, April 3rd, Weird Al appeared as a guest on Sid Croft Sundays with Sid Instagram interview show. Now, based on that awesome interview, it sounds like there is a ton of mutual respect between Weird Al and Sid. Weird Al was super interested in hearing Sid's show business stories and all about touring with Spike Jones. Yeah, and they both talked about having stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And Sid talked about going to Weird Al shows and paying for the tickets and lots of other fun and crazy topics. And at one point, Weird Al accidentally said the wrong dates for his recently announced Los Angeles shows at the Wiltern. Al said the shows were on the 17th and 18th, but the shows are actually on the 18th and 19th. Hopefully droves of people don't show up the day before by mistake. And this is really cool. Aaron Paul was watching and at one point he was posting in the chat. Now, Aaron is most notably known for playing Weird Al in the Funny or Die parody trailer for Weird, the Al Yankovic story. And, oh yeah, he was also Jesse Pinkman on some show called Breaking Bad. Hmm, never heard of it. Tickets for the September 21st show at the Winery in Saratoga, California were announced to go on sale to the general public this Friday, April 8th at 10 a.m. Hollywood Star Time. And the VIP meet and greet experience tickets are already on sale. Now, this date was already announced way back in December, so we are still at 131 dates announced. We can expect two more shows to be announced if the tour is still slated to hit 133 performances. Hey, Dave, I can't wait to grab some vegan burgers at Wizard Burger before Weird Al's show at The Egg in Albany, New York on April 27th. Yeah, me too. And that reminds me that this episode is brought to you in part by vegan burrito restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two pound double wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world plant-based real food, always vegan style. So visit burritosquared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. And finally, in Weird Al-related news, this past Saturday, April 2nd, the great Dr. Demento celebrated his 81st birthday. 
Well, hopefully his American Greetings birthday smash-up video didn't accidentally say something like Barry. Now, Dave and I are, of course, huge Dr. Demento fans, and we're both extremely honored to have had Dr. Demento on our show on episode 50-inch, and again, briefly, on episode 82-inch. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, thank you, Dr. Demento, for all that you have done and continue to do for comedy music. We hope you had a very happy birthday, and most importantly, stay demented. Well, that's not all for the news, because it's time for What's Happening in Grammy Award-winning Jim Kima West-related news! Kimo has teased a new project that he started recording over in his studio in Maui with Greg Lees for International Guitar Night founder Brian Gore's new singer-songwriter project, along with Dan Lutz and Charlie Bisharat. After premiering a new version of John Lennon's Imagine with Kimo on Slacky, Joss Jaffe on Nagani, the African Harp, and Montino Bourbon on Indian Dotar at a live show, the trio went to a studio and recorded it. Now, there's no word on if the song will be featured on Kimo's album with Josh Jaffe, Aumakua, which is slated for release on May 25th. And speaking of upcoming Jim Kimo West albums, we now have an official release date for his album, Lana Huli, with Hawaiian vocalist Leokane Pryor. The album will drop on April 22nd, and their second single, Ka Beauty O Makaale, will drop very soon. And now it is time for part two of our interview with ludicrous Lori McMillan, picking up where we left off on episode 152 inch, already in progress. Something we did do, we, we, we went on the Dr. Demento show, and uh, you know, before the show, we got there early, and we parked, you know, he parked, and, oh, and by the way, yes, I did ride around in the 64 Belvedere. Uh, <laughs> okay. you know, I, can, I can proudly say that. I, I think by this time, my, my dad thought, oh, yeah, he, he could drive it up to LA. That, that'll be, that'll be okay. Um, and, and you know what, just to confirm something too, he would drive the car. Oh, first of all, he always drove barefoot. <laughs> And the other thing is he would put, he, he did that thing where he could put one leg, you know, behind his, his head. He would do that as he drove. I'm not kidding. I am not even kidding you. Wait, so if Al was wearing like shoes and socks, he would pop them off to drive? Um, He wore Birkenstocks. Okay. Birkenstocks, no oh, okay. socks. Yeah. Birkenstocks, no socks. Yeah. And then he would take off the Birkenstocks and to drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I wonder if he still does that. Do you know? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that he he merged he like he went from the Birkenstock thing to the Vans, right? At some point, some yeah. So I think that. <laughs> but I I really I do remember that. I mean, Vans are pretty easy to slip off as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> It's funny, I can't, I can't think of Birkenstocks and not think of Al. That's one of those things that really? I thought, yeah, that, that, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. So, um, yeah, we got to, we got up to the studio early. So he said, you know, I want to take you to my record company. I want to, let's walk over to Capitol Records so I can show <laughs> you my record company. And I think it was about a mile down, you know, so I, I'm thinking, uh, are we going to be able to make it there and back? And he said, oh, sure, we can make it. He was so fast. I mean, <laughs> I'm small. I'm short. And he, you know, he's a lot taller than me. So he's walking down Sunset Boulevard, and I'm trying to keep up after him. And at some point, 
you know, he's like, oh, you're not walking fast enough. So he just picked me up and carried me and <laughs> we got to Capitol Records. And he said, there's my, there's my record company. And we went back to the studio and uh, did the Dr. Demento show. And I think that was the night that we got locked in the parking garage. Oh, really? Somehow. Oh, at, yeah. At Dr. D's studio? <laughs> yes. Yes. KMBT. How did that happen? Somehow, somehow we, I'm trying to remember how this, this happened. We got split apart from the, the rest of the group going down the elevator. And so we, I don't know if we went down a different elevator or when we came out, we turned left and we should have turned right. I'm not sure. And we ended up going into where the parking garage was. And we found out that they had closed the big gate, the big, you know, iron gate thing. And um, we didn't have any way out. We're, we couldn't get back into the studio at all. The door had, you know, locked behind us. So we were looking around and we were even <laughs> shouting to the security guard. We said, we can't get out. There's no way out. And he's kind of going, I don't know what to do. So we ended up having to go through one of those emergency exits and set it, setting off all the alarms and... Wow. Yeah, it was kind of kind of a mess. And leaving the Belvedere back there at the garage? No, the the Belvedere, if I remember correctly, I think the Belvedere must have been parked on the street. Oh, okay. So I think it was okay. parked on the street, so we were able yeah. <laughs> wow. And then I think and this was like a real common thing with the Dr. Demento show is a lot of times we would we would all go to a little Mexican restaurant down the street, Acapulco. And um you know, have little snacky snacks and mm. things like that afterwards. So we ended up yeah. going there afterwards. Nice. <laughs> That's so <Wow>. fun. <laughs> Let's go back to this record of my Bologna that Weird Al sends you. And he has an inscription on there that says, come up and visit me sometime. Did you ever go up and visit Weird Al up at Cal Poly? I did. I did. Uh, that was in March. It was my, um, my spring break. He was actually in class at the time, but he came down, he picked me up and drove me back to um, San Luis Obispo during the night. Because I, I think, if I remember correctly, I think, we, I think we went to the Dr. Demento show that Sunday, and then we drove to San Luis Obispo after. Hmm. And there's this part of the road... Um, that kind of breaks away from the 101 as you're going, kind of going through the hills. I think it's like a shortcut out to San Luis Obispo. That's really dark, really, really dark. <laughs> so we're driving along, and and he just arbitrarily turns off the lights. It's like, wait, oh. what? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Okay, it, it with anybody else that would scare me, but for some reason I felt that he he knew what he was doing, and I was laughing i was just laughing like okay yeah this is fun this is fun <laughs> yeah so i i went up to san luis obispo i um uh, was able to go on his his weird al show at kc kcpr the uh, local college radio station uh, which was so much fun his show was it was fun i mean he was kind of restricted to a lot of the things he you know could do and he he couldn't do you know because of the um the management right uh who that yeah Yeah. i i think you probably have heard some um stories about that but some of the things he did were just so funny (laughs) and i don't know why i i don't this one thing stuck in my head and i actually have a recording of it but 
on NPR, there, there was a little blurb, a little show called Stargate. And I think it was broadcast out of, out of the, the McDonald um, Observatory or something like that. This is a little fuzzy right now. But basically, they would talk about where the planets and the stars and things like that were on that date. Well, he would take that recording and just jumble it up. So it just it had, had a totally different meaning. And I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's something, you know, offline. I could play for you at some point and you can hear it. And I, that that I don't know why, but that just stuck out in my mind. I thought that that's that's funny. Just that would be awesome. how he could just. Yes. Yeah. Sounds hilarious. <laughs> so was that your first time in San Luis Obispo? Yes. No, no, actually, well, okay, it was my first time at Cal Poly. I spent my childhood in Thousand Oaks, so I had gone up to San Luis Obispo, um, uh, the Solvang area and all that with my parents before, more of a drive-through kind of thing, but I'd never been to Cal Poly. And um, so I would probably say it was pretty much, you know, a new experience. Okay. Especially some yeah. of the things we did while we're up there, including <laughs> the famous train tunneling. Oh, yes. And I, don't, I, yeah. I think that, yeah, you had another guest on your show talking about that, Beefalo Bill. Um, yeah, I, I, I did the train tunneling thing. And um, it, it may have been one of the, now that, that was scary. That was one of that and the 1994 North, North, Northridge earthquake were probably two times that I thought I'm going to die. Oh, yeah. I'm going to die <laughs> right now. I'm laughing, but I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Just really quickly, could you tell us what train tunneling is again? Yes, train tunneling is okay. So uh, in San Luis Obispo, the uh, and it's, it's really the freight trains because the passenger trains stop in San Luis Obispo, but the freight trains would um, go up this real steep grade. And when they got up to the top, there was a tunnel. Well, within in the tunnel, the, the grade would go down again. So if you had a train that was coming up the grade, as it came over the top, it would start speeding up as it went down the other side. So you would approach the train tunnel from the side where the train was going in. Um, and this is something you would do in the middle of the night. I, I think it, it, was, it was probably one, maybe two in the morning, something like that. Um, but you could drive up to a certain point, then you had a hike. And I'm not sure exactly how far that hike was, but you had a hike to the train tunnel. So... As you know, we're we're you know hiking towards the train tunnel. You can look down and you can see the light of the train coming. So you knew the train was coming, and it just felt like it was you know getting closer and closer. Right. So the idea was you go into the train tunnel and you find this little niche that you can stand back and um, not have the train hit you. Oh, well, man. I was there. Yeah, it was Al Amazing. and Beefalo Bill and I were you know doing this, and. Um, we had our flashlights, but Bill was, you know, Beefalo Bill was like, I can't, I can't find the niche, I, you know, and I'm thinking, oh I'm God. looking back and I, it, it's like, I, oh. I can, I can feel the train oh, no. coming. It's like, guys, because oh, no. we're already in the train tunnel. It's like, we're, the train's coming. And the way I, I swear, the way I remember this in my mind is we got into that niche right 
you know, um, like within seconds of that train oh. coming oh. through. Oh, and then the oh. other thing too, you had to stand there with your, you know, plugging your ears because if the conductor saw you, he would blast his horn because he wouldn't, you know, they don't want kids up there, right. you know, obviously doing this. Cause <laughs> right. I guess it could be dangerous. Sounds I suppose it. it's Sounds dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that was fun and, you know, exhilarating and everything. Oh, and I have to mention, too, when I went up to San Luis Obispo, my mother had bought me this really nice white ski jacket. If you ever see a picture of um, Dr. Demento, Weird Al, Beefalo Bill, and Damascus kind of standing in a creek, this is kind of like a, a picture that's shown in some documentaries and that sort of thing. That little jacket that I'm wearing is the one that my mom bought me for this trip. So it's white, a nice ski jacket. When I came home, like a week later, I was covered in soot. You know, I mean, I, my mom was just like, what? <laughs> what happened to my, my daughter? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I had this big smile on my face, like, Mom, I had a great time. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> so besides train tunneling, what else did you get to see while you were up in Cal Poly? Did you go to, like, Bubblegum Alley? Did you go to, I don't know, any of the other famous attractions up there? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I went to, yes, I did go to Bubblegum bubble Alley. <laughs> I saw the bathroom. He recorded my bologna in. Oh, that nice. was like the top, oh, cool. you know, like, yeah. oh, I've got to show you this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And not only that bathroom, but he took me to the Madonna Inn. They have like famous bathrooms, right. urinals, things oh, yeah. like that. Right. <laughs> and he took me to see that too. The waterfall. Yeah. That's Very so cool. cool. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that was a fun night because his friends, his friends were so funny too. They were pranksters. So they knew we were going to, we were going to the Madonna Inn that night. To go to the bathroom, or not to go to the bathroom, but to go to the, you know, see the bathrooms. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It kind of came off wrong. Um, so while we were in there, somehow they got into Al's car and they put it in neutral and somehow pushed it somewhere far away from where we parked. Oh, wow. So of course we come out and Al's going, where's my car? Oh my gosh, someone stole my car. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, his his friends were funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, we've had uh, Joel Miller on the podcast. Did you get to know Joel Miller at all? Yes, yes, I remember Joel Miller, and I also I also remember Joe Early. Those were the two oh, friends yeah. of Al's that I do remember meeting while I was up there. Okay. Yeah, I think they were both part of the whole prankster thing. At, at that point, was Al living with Joel, or was he? I'm getting the dates mixed up, maybe, but um, where was Al living at that point? He was living in an apartment with three other guys. So I want to say Joel and Joe, I thought they were two of them. I'm trying to remember who the third one was, but there were four guys in this. I think it was either a three or four bedroom apartment. I was kind of surprised. I remember thinking, oh, gosh, there are a lot of bedrooms in you know this this apartment, but I think... I want to say that I think it was Joel and Joe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that that. And when you mentioned going to one of the Weird Al show radio shows, were you on the air or were you just sitting back and taking it in? I, I don't remember being on the air for anything. I think I was just sitting back, taking it in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, I it seemed like he 
kind of almost did the show on his own. So I would sort of sit in the corner and listen. Yeah. Yeah, try not to to be it, you know, <laughs> make any noise. I feel like I've heard that there would be like sometimes at his show, like kind of an audience of people there. Do you remember other people being there or was it just the two of you? There I there were other people there. I don't remember who they were. And it's funny because I actually had an old an old friend of mine who went to Cal Poly at the same time. And but I don't think she her name is Cindy. I don't think she was at the studio that night. I don't believe she was there. Yeah, okay. I don't remember the other people. So you said you and Al got together for President's Day, but the ultimate plan was to get together in March. Did that end up happening? Yes. Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's the uh, trip to San Luis Obispo. But also in March, he took, me, he took me to my first concert, which was The Knack. Oh. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. So we went to see The Knack, <laughs> and he um, got this giant... Bologna, uh, Bologna, um, <laughs> that he brought to the concert. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and so we're sitting there, you know, during the concert, and you know, it was what well, was kind of funny. There, there were, there were a couple of people around us who actually knew, like, like, oh, Weird Al, my Bologna, I get it. Like, oh, okay. Um, even even back then, I oh, thought cool. that was kind of cool. They're wow. like, oh yeah, yeah, and they were like, are you Bologna? And I said. Well, yes, I am. <laughs> at least at that time. Nice. Yeah, so we, we ended up uh, getting to meet the band, and he was able to present the band, the uh, Bologna, at the end of the show. Wow. <laughs> what, were, what was their reaction to seeing Al? Um, I think they were just, they see, you know, it's funny, because I, 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 I don't remember it very, very well, but it seemed like they were polite. They were nice. You know, they're like, oh, well, thank you. Uh, but it seemed, yeah, I, I think they were just kind of, well, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the uh, big, the big meat. Yes. Thank you. Oh <laughs> uh, Well, too bad they didn't have Al open the show. That would have been awesome. That's true. That is true. That is true. <laughs> were you already a fan of the Knack at that point? Or was that your first, I mean, you said it was the first time you saw a concert, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd seen some, I'd say kind of like almost like kitty concerts. You know, you can call, you know, you can call them uh, Disneyland used to have. It was, they weren't the monkeys back then. It was Dolan's Jones, Boyce and Hart. They toured together hmm. and they would do concerts at hmm. Disneyland or Magic Mountain. Um you know, I call them kitty concerts because they were kind of attached to, you know, being at a, an amusement park. And of course, you know, my parents right. would take me take me to the amusement park and let me see the show after. But this was like I felt this was my first like real grown up concert, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was fun. It was you know I mean <laughs> I I hadn't been in a concert like a it was at the Forum, so it was a huge yeah. a huge um, stadium um, or a huge. Um, venue yeah so i mean I, I felt kind of you know oh look at me i'm all grown up now <laughs> did al have to hold the bologna the whole time <laughs> like yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yeah he was holding on to that the whole time <laughs> wow and how is it that you two ended up getting backstage you said like you said the form is a pretty big place did al have connection to get him backstage i you know that's the thing i'm trying to remember i don't know if he just talked to somebody 
and just asked if he, like he said, oh yeah, I'm Weird Al, I did my Bologna, and I'd like to present this to the band. I think that, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because that, Wow. It, it, I, I, I'm, I wish I could remember that a little more clearly, but somehow, I don't know if he just spoke to one of the roadies or somebody to uh, to do that. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. <laughs> I wonder what they did with it. I wonder if they just threw it out or if they like brought it on the tour bus and munched on it. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, there's a scene in Spinal Tap that's coming to mind right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Al had great musical taste. I mean, he, you know, he, he would always introduce me to different bands that I would like. And I remembered going to a record store with him and, I believe it was Rhino Records that we went. And he basically started handing me albums by Elvis Costello, B-52s, <laughs> Sparks, people like that. And he basically said, oh, yeah. these these are the records you need in your collection. <laughs> and I mean, he just, he had <laughs> such great taste, even back then. Um, yeah. Did you buy them? Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did he, wait, did you pay for them or did he pay for them? I paid for them. Okay, all right. I think I paid for them. I don't think he. I don't think he did. He was a college student. Right. No, no, I, I, no, I, 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 I yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I did. I mean, it's he. I remember he sent me Dark Side of the Moon as a birthday present. Oh yeah. Because I already had. I, I wanted the wall. I really wanted Pink Floyd the wall, but I, I already got it before he sent me Dark Side of the Moon. So he sent me Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, okay. Which, of okay. course, is still <laughs> yeah. one of the greatest albums ever. Ever. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I was going to mention um, some of the things that he would say in his letters. And there's one thing that was actually used on a VH1 documentary, Driven. Yeah. This was back, yeah, I think this was in 2001, 2002. Uh, VH1 uh, do, uh, Driven. Basically, he um, he's explaining to me he's um, recording um, like his you know what he likes to use when he's recording, and um, you know the different things he would use in the bathroom, and you know try to get like a flying lizards kind of sound and things like that using the trash can lids and the towel dispensers mm-hmm. and things like that. But at some point, he says you know um, he you know wishes that. He could get a job in the music business. He loves recording and, um, you know, he wishes he could do it rather than, you know, the architecture. And wh- one thing that he, he he said at the very end, he says, oh, well, chop. And chop was something that Barnes and Barnes used to use. That was one of their little like word things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of the, it's interesting when I was looking back at the letters, some of the letters he would start off with Vubaha, which is another Barnes and Barnes mm. thing. So, during that time, he, yeah. he really looked up to Barnes and Barnes. But I thought that was, you know, kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's sort of like sh- showing Al as like a fanboy, which is not really how I think about Al, because I'm the Al fanboy. Or, you know, Dave's the Al fanboy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at that time, Barnes and Barnes, they were kind of, you know, like, oh, yeah, fish heads and... Yeah, you know they had their recording right. studio in Lumania and and all that. They were big time, and I didn't know who they were at the time. And somehow Al found—I mean, not found out—but I, I think they just they let him know their true identity um, back, you know, early on. 
And at some point, Al said, I, I promise, I can't, I can't tell you, like, I wish I could tell, I wish I could tell you who they, they really are, but I really can't. I'm sworn to secrecy. <laughs> all, you know, but, you know, all he needed to do was on the Dr. Demento show, pretty much everybody on that show drove like a, an older car. Al had a 64 Belvedere. <laughs> Dr. Demento had his Toyota Corolla. I had a Datsun 610 station wagon. You know, nobody drove like a fancy car. Yeah. But Art Barnes would show up in a Mercedes Benz with a license plate Moo Me, M O O M E E. All he had to do is look look at Art Barnes's license plate and think back at like a TV show. That you probably right. watched, you know, that wasn't Star Trek or Space 1999 and figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> How big oh. of a secret really was it? Yeah, it was, it was right there in front of me all right. the time. I never figured it out until later that year. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> wow. But one thing, one thing I thought was kind of cute, and I, I'm not sure how long 27 has been. Al's favorite number, but at some point in one of the letters, he says, I'll be back in El Toro in 27 days. And he puts 27 in, you know, big block, you know, um, you know, numerics, you know, uh, lettering. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah, it's like, like 27, you know, stands out. So that 27 has been around at least since 1980. Wow. I think you may have found one of the earliest, if not the earliest, Appearances of the number 27. Oh, that's wow. incredible. The mysterious 27. That's really cool. Well, Lori, this has been incredible. Everything you've said has been incredible. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like there's still a lot more for us to cover. So I think we should do a second part of this interview. But, you know, thank you so much for joining us and, and going through the history. And, you know, at the point where we're, we're stopping this, you're still dating Al. So we have to find out. Are you still dating Al on the next time we have you on the podcast? Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ludacris Laurie. It was so great talking to Laurie over these past two episodes. But if you, like us, want to hear more with Laurie, you are in luck. We are very happy to report that we have recorded a second full interview with Lori that covers Another One Rides the Bus and more amazing stories, including her music video appearances, other famous friends. Oh man, you're going to love it. So stay tuned for more ludicrous Lori on a future episode. This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota, uh, beautiful, it's also mammalian. We recently spoke about the unicorn population in Darwin, Minnesota. <clears throat> the alleged unicorn population. Well, as it turns out, Darwin, Minnesota is also home to other animals and wildlife, including skunks. Skunks? Yikes! What? Ah! Barf! They're so smelly. Smelly, but cute. Well, from a distance, maybe. Minnesota is home to two skunk species, the striped skunk and its smaller and less common relative, the eastern spotted skunk. Two kinds of skunks? Barf! Barf! Barf is right. If you have a pet, like a cat or a dog, you know that all too familiar noise when they barf. Oh man, I wonder what skunk barf sounds like. I can only imagine skunk barf must sound horrible. Horrible enough to incite violence. Why are we talking about skunk barf? We're supposed to be talking about Darwin, Minnesota, Dave. 
All right, all right, you're right, Ethan, but I can tie it all together. We can assume that there is a certain percentage of Darwin, Minnesota that is made up entirely of skunk barf. Oh, uh, that's true. And what a great reason to go to Darwin, Minnesota. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Discover Darwin, and Jackson Scoggins. Our podcast is also supported by everyone in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend level Patreon supporters, UH Jeff, Javier, Kenneth, Jake, Blair, Jared, Allison, Frank from the Bank, Adriana, Zeb, Scott, and also thanks to our newest Patreon supporter, Angel, and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly, wild and wacky Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting to hear your name on the podcast and access to secret episodes. Plus, you can learn how to become a sponsor of the podcast. And don't forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. Our We Hate Intern Frank merchandise makes a great gift for National Library Workers Day, which is coming up. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so join our Facebook community and post all about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline. That number is 347-SPATULA. Give it a call, and you might even hear your message in a future episode. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and guests, be sure to visit weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And while you're there, click on black and white and weird all over bonus episodes for our special bonus episode book series where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his book page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on brand new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on your favorite podcast app. Please make sure that you are subscribed to our podcast because not only does it help us out, but it also prevents your name from being legally changed to Reggie. Thank you once again to our guest, Ludacris Lori McMillan. And thanks to Eddie Schmidt, UH Jeff Nucera, Allison Parsons, and thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song. And thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. And until the next time, remember to gill and chill. Oh, and Ethan, before the episode ends, I've got one more piece of Weird Al-related news that I forgot to mention earlier. Oh, what's that, Dave? All right, well, this past weekend, I went to go see the new Weird Al movie. What?! Dave, that's impossible! And you waited till the end of the episode to tell us this? You do realize Weird Al's movie only just wrapped filming last month. I'm sure it's still gotta be in post-production. Uh, it's gonna be at least several more months before we get to see Weird the Al Yankovic story. Sheesh, Dave! 
Of course, of course, I know that. But I never said I saw Weird the Al Yankovic story. I said I went to go see the new Weird Al movie, as in The Lost City. Oh, The Lost City. That's that new Daniel Radcliffe movie that came out recently, huh? Yeah, and since Daniel is Weird Al, it is a Weird Al movie. Dave, I don't think that's how it works. Oh, wait, so you're saying I binge-watched the entire Harry Potter film series for nothing? Well, I'm not saying that, but I'm certainly implying it. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 153-inch. Likely better to listen to than a skunk barf. Thank you for the, uh, the big meat. Thank you.